What do you want to be when you grow up? This is a question that I love to ask our students as I go through our Catholic school here at St. Rosa Lima. In the open house today, I'll probably ask a bunch more students what their answer to that question is. What do you want to be when you grow up? An astronaut, a firefighter, a doctor, an athlete, an artist. All kinds of different things to become. And when you ask someone, a child, well, why do you want to do those things? What kind of passion is behind that? Why do you want to become an astronaut? Well, I want to explore. Or a firefighter. I want to be courageous. Or a doctor. I want to help people feel well. Or an athlete. I want to win or lead others to victory. Or an artist. Because I want to create beautiful things. And if you keep on asking, kind of like a child, but why? But why? But why? If you keep on asking about those things, why do you want to do those things? Ultimately, the answer is going to be the same. Well, I want to do those things because it makes me happy. It makes me happy. And whether you're six years old or 36, actually for all of us, we kind of give the same answer when you drill down deep enough. Now, when someone young says to us, I want to become an athlete or, or an artist, we encourage them. We actually make them a promise with our words so often. We listen to what they want to be and we say, oh, that is great. You're going to be a great astronaut someday. Work hard, do your homework, stay out of trouble, eat your vegetables, and you'll get there one day. Right? Like, we don't realize we're like, making a promise, but we're kind of saying, like, if you put the work in, you're going to get to that place and you will be happy. You'll get there. We encourage children to to fulfill their dreams. We encourage them. We we tell them to work hard, to do the things they got to do to get to that place. It's part of the huge work of education that we do here at St. Rosa Lima. But it's kind of like making a promise. If you do these things, you'll get there and you'll be happy. There's a similar thing at work in the Beatitudes today. You know, you can translate the word, you know, blessed are those who, you can translate it blessed or how fortunate or just a good translation is happy. How happy are those who are poor in spirit? And in the Beatitudes, Jesus is making us a promise. We sometimes read the Beatitudes and we think, okay, these are like things we should do, moral instruction, These are like the the rules of the new covenant. All true. We should definitely live these out. But even before they're things that we're supposed to do, even before that, they're promises of Jesus to us to make us happy. That desire for happiness is a gift from God. Students, boys and girls, all of you, no matter how old you are, When you want to be happy, when you want to do things that make you happy, that's from God. He gave us that desire, and he wants to fulfill it. But in the Beatitudes, Jesus actually takes it even a step further, because Jesus doesn't just want to give us an earthly kind of happiness. He wants to give us 
a heavenly blessedness. He wants to give us something so amazing that we can't even conceive it on this earth. Eye has not seen, ear has not heard, nor has it even dawned upon the mind of man what God has prepared for those who love him. The difference between between just earthly happiness and heavenly blessedness. As a side point, you know, this is the reason why the disciples in the scripture, they come up to Jesus on the mountain. Do you notice that? They come up on the mountain with Jesus. This is because St. Matthew is portraying Jesus as the new Moses. What did Moses do? Well, he went up a mountain and gave a law to God's people. Well, Moses, he went up the mountain by himself and got the Ten Commandments. And where were the people? They were way down below because they were afraid. There was lightning and thunder, and Moses spoke to God face to face. He brought the Ten Commandments down to the people on the bottom. And like Jesus, he made them a promise. If you keep these Ten Commandments... You will receive what? A promised land. You'll have a territory for yourself that you'll live in peace. You'll live in harmony. You can be a a nation, God's people. So live out these commandments. Live them and don't let them go. That was the old law. Of course, ten commandments are always still valid, always still holy. But now look at Jesus in the gospel today. He goes on top of the mountain and invites his disciples to come to him. They come up the mountain with him. They come higher. And they truly see God face to face in the face of Jesus. And there's no lightning or thunder or fear. There's the lush green meadows of Galilee. So tranquil, so peaceful. And Jesus gives them a new law. The Beatitudes. Not only the Ten Commandments, but here's how to really be blessed. And if you keep these Beatitudes, if you live them, the promise made to you is not just an earthly territory. It's not just a chunk of land on earth where there's, there's a kind of earthly peace. What does Jesus say? Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the... For theirs is the... Kingdom of heaven. The kingdom of heaven so far beyond anything we can dream of on earth. It's really sharing the eternal happiness of God. It's being united to God. It's living as saints forever. It's mind-blowing. It's Jesus making us a promise. And we've got to remember that as we enter into the Beatitudes. So let's get back to this whole idea of how do we get to that promise? How do we get to the kingdom of heaven and and live these beatitudes. Well, remember how I said that when we promise children, if they do the hard work and get the good grades and eat their vegetables, all good things, that they'll, we promise them kind of with our words, they'll get to this place. You can become an astronaut, an artist, an athlete. Last night, one of our students said an architect. But with, with the beatitudes, it's a little bit different. Because what spans the bridge between where I am today and the happiness that I want to have, the person I want to become, the main thing is actually not hard work. Like, we, should, we encourage our students at St. Rosalima, like, yeah, like, do the hard work. Put the time in. Like, use your mind. Grow, for sure. All good things. And when we follow Jesus, are there sacrifices to follow Jesus? Absolutely. 
is following Christ sometimes hard? Yes, it is. But to receive the promises Jesus has for us, the main thing is not just to work hard. That's not actually how you first get there. There's something different happening. Something much more important. Well, what is that? If it's not working hard, if it's not applying the Beatitudes really well, then what is it? The thing that brings us to the promises of Jesus and the Beatitudes is this. It's a radical and fundamental choice to stop living life on my own. On my own terms, my own perspective, even my own wants. The radical choice is to choose to live every second of my life with Jesus, in communion with Jesus, in conversation with Jesus. And this is a lot different than just being like, I'm going to kind of live my life. And I know God like, sometimes like, sprinkles grace upon me like someone sprinkled sprinkles on the donuts back there this morning. It's like, no, it's like every moment, this radical choice is about believing that Christ is with me and I am with Christ and I'm going to do nothing in my life without him. Every second, I'm going to choose to be with him in good times and in bad. I realize that my life is not my own. I've been purchased at a great cost and with great love by Christ on the cross. And now my task is to cultivate an awareness of Jesus in my life every day And my life on earth now is to give glory to God and to share with other people the good news of how much God loves them. How much they've been rescued and loved by God. And that they have a promise of a heavenly kingdom for them. They might not even know it yet. But being with Jesus is the way there. This is at the heart of our Catholic school. You know, every day we try and live every moment, every second, every class somehow with Jesus. It's not just me doing my stuff, living my life. There's always someone with me who loves me and has given himself for me so I could live in heaven. So finally, friends, if this is true, if this good news is for you and I today, then how can we receive those promises of the Beatitudes? I mentioned that the way to get there is to live life with Jesus each and every day. And we do that because Jesus is the one who really lived the Beatitudes completely. Think about it. The person of Jesus, he is the one who's poor in spirit. He's the one who mourns. He's the one who's meek, who's hungering and thirsting for righteousness. He's the merciful one. He's clean of heart. He's a peacemaker. And of course, he's persecuted for the sake of righteousness. And so if we can kind of reframe these Beatitudes to think about what's it mean for me to live my life with Jesus, who is the Beatitudes in person, what would that look like for me? As I proclaim these to you, I invite you to think about how Jesus is with you right now, at this very second And even though we can't do better than the scriptures, we can't do better than the word of God, the way that these are kind of reframed might help to paint the picture 
of what the Beatitudes look like in our lives. To be, first of all, living them with Jesus. Therefore, blessed are those who with Jesus are convinced of their total dependency on God, whose lives are empty of all that does not matter, those for whom the riches of the world just are not important. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who, with Jesus, do not hide their sadness and tears, but mourn the brokenness of the world, who are not addicted to pleasure or positive feelings, but instead cry out to God unceasingly for the hurting and the wounded. They will be comforted. Blessed are those who, with Jesus, refuse to make a life for themselves through power and might, who are firm on the inside but tender on the outside, who use their authority to lift others up. They will inherit the land. Blessed are those who, with Jesus, wear compassion like a garment, who have learned how to find themselves by giving themselves to others, who yearn for God's plans to be accomplished. They will be satisfied. Blessed are those who, with Jesus, are so full of God's mercy that they extend mercy to friends and strangers alike. Those who remember how much has been forgiven them and are able to offer this forgiveness in the lives of others. They will be shown mercy. Blessed are those who, with Jesus, have hearts set entirely on pleasing God, who are simple and humble, who are as innocent as pure snow. They shall see God. Blessed are those who, with Jesus, set things in sacred order who do not let the work of healing and reconciliation and peacemaking be left to another day or left to someone else. Those who are enthusiastic about the Father's desire to bring his lost children home to him. They will be called children of God. Blessed are those who, with Jesus, refuse to leave him in his hour of need who themselves share his crucifixion because they love him, because he is the friend above all friends. Blessed are those who are unconcerned with others seeing their faith, even at the cost of suffering. Those who never compromise their relationship with Jesus for things that are transitory and temporary. Theirs is the kingdom of heaven, and their reward will be great. Brothers and sisters, no matter what you want to be when you're young, no matter what you are right now, whether you're 6 or 96 years old, this blessedness God wants for all of us. 
And it's possible for all of us. The good news is this is possible not just through my hard work, not through my efforts and eating my vegetables and trying really hard. It's possible because we can live every day with Jesus. And the key to receiving this happiness is simply being with him and refusing to live my life just on my own, just for myself, just through my own perspective. It's letting your life be lived with the one who is life itself. This week, how is God inviting you to live differently? How do these Beatitudes challenge you and I to really live all these moments, not on my own, but with Jesus, who knows me better than I know myself, who knows my ache for happiness, who knows every desire of my soul, How is God inviting you to stop living life just on my own and living it in communion with Jesus? This week, let's make the choice to be people of the Beatitudes. Let's choose to be not just happy, but blessed. And let's make the choice to allow Jesus deeper into our lives. He's always with us. Will I let myself be with him?